0: Today, we are sharing a conversation with author, consultant, and podcast host Tavares Hogans of True Seven, a business consulting agency specializing in sales, management, and leadership training. Tavares talks with us today about acting with grace in our relationships, finding your voice, and staying positive in times of change. We're going to look at how the act of becoming is a part of our process for success in this episode of The Light Inside. Thank you for taking a moment to tune into this week's episode of The Light Inside. Join us on the adventures, the tales, and the search for truths as we explore the people, the stories that guide us to The Light Inside. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Light Inside and visit us at thelightinside.us. How you doing,
1: Tavares? Jeff, Jeff. I'm doing great, sir. How about you? Oh, fantastic.
0: Fantastic. It's a blessed day. <laughs> Absolutely. Every day above ground. Yes, sir. I'm hearing you on that. Every day above ground. <laughs> so I apologize for our mix-up and scheduling there. Uh, things have been a little crazy. It's been you know like you said that that blessing for every day above ground things are flowing you know that's getting plenty of opportunity to reach out and help get people do good things so counting those blessings being in yeah, the no process I'm, I'm trying to refine my systems of keeping that managed
1: <laughs> you know you know what I, I heard something and I was trying to think of it and you reminded me of it and uh, because I was getting ready to say don't
0: apologize and true but, I'm a firm believer in that. Thank you for, thank you for, right? Come on now. That's a whole whole discussion. It's hard for us to move past that a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so thank you for being patient with me. Yes, that's it exactly. And that's the exercise I've been trying to teach myself. You know, it's teaching that old dog some new tricks. <laughs> Let's go through it. Here's yeah. a great
1: opportunity. So instead of apologizing yeah. for the
0: mix-up. Let's. Thank you for being understanding, and I appreciate your willingness hey, you, to work you with you. are him. welcome. <laughs> that that's, that's the intro yeah. right there. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is, this is the beauty of this. You know, we, we can learn in so many different ways, and sometimes it's that unplanned episode that pushes us toward our learning. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> So thank you very much for waiting. Uh, thank you for extending your time to me today and allowing me to talk to you. Yeah,
1: thanks for thanks for having me on the show. I'm just excited about the direction that it's going to go in. You know, we were exchanging messages in IM and all of that, and there was good energy in the chat box, I guess. So
0: I knew it would spill over into this podcast. So. Yes, sir. You, you have such a light, such an energy, my friend. And, uh, you know, that, that energy is powerful. It's the big attractor in life. So That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you again yeah, for Thanks that. for saying you that. Know, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm, I'm still getting to thank know you, you a little that. bit. I'm kind of intrigued by the fact that you've mentioned a number of times you're just now making a big jump into social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: so would you like me to expand on that?
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear about that because it's interesting in this day and age. It's kind of refreshing. So yeah, I'd love to hear that. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm a Leo and I'm actually doing a podcast with, the reason I say it is I'm, I'm doing a podcast with an astrologist and you know, she's into the stars and the signs and all of that. But I love people and I've always loved people and I enjoy relationships and I'm at my best in these one-on-one intimate types of conversations for me but just seeing it from the outside I'm going to lump some things in and make some generalizations I'm going to try not to but I probably will but understand that nothing that most things aren't 100% so if I make a generalization extend a bit of grace to me but what I was seeing as effects and impacts of social media is people were losing the ability to engage and interact face to face. There was social awkwardness. When I was younger, I put on a mask and I walked outside of my condo and I lived behind that mask. Having experienced that and seen that, I felt like social media was allowing people to be an image that they weren't truly or somebody that wasn't truly their self. I just I saw people getting engulfed in it, being on it all day. And honestly, since I've got involved, I've seen a lot of my time and attention go to it. And it's something that you have to manage. But I felt like it took away from those face-to-face relationships. And what I was seeing from a social media standpoint was was less genuine. And for years and years and years no one could give me anything compelling to make me want to be involved in social media you know a lot of people said it's it's the way that they keep in contact with people and all of that and i'm fine with that i'm okay with that i'm okay with everybody's reason for being on social media but i'm also okay with my reason for not being on social media i don't i didn't want to have relationships with people via the computer or via a cell phone. I felt like I had a good core group of friends that if I was interested in their lives, I would call them. I've warmed up to the idea and I can see uh, some of the impact. And I see a lot of the positive in social media that I was not aware of. You know, a lot of times you pass judgment when you don't have knowledge. Since I've been on social media, I've been able to find those good groups and those positive groups, Those genuine people that are showing their true genuine self and they're not hiding behind a mask or hiding behind a screen so i've been fortunate but for me it still can't replace being in person or being on the phone and even when i podcast that's why you know we're talking off camera about using zoom for me, if I can't be there, I still like to see the person so I can see the emotion. I can see the body language and the mannerism in the other forms of communication other than just verbal. So it's been an adjustment for me. I think since I seek and I give authenticity, that's what I'm receiving on the other end of this social media, I don't want to call it an experiment, journey. <laughs>
0: There's so many different levels to that, you know, psychology, looking at how we actually connect as people. uh, My current fascination, uh, you know, I am a people person, I'm a connector, uh, you know, I like to engage and sometimes, like you said, it's hard to see a lot of that conversation, easy to kind of take a, a hide behind the veil approach. So, you know, I I can see that totally. I, you know, go down a lot of different avenues on the value of social media versus some of the pitfalls of social media. My biggest thing is a lot of times, and I just, you know, a lot of times, not always, it's not so social. You know, it's it's more media (laughs) than it is social. You know, that's how I like to equate it, you know? And we think of media as, you know, being a production, things that are produced, things are, you know, not always bad or bad at all, but you know it's not always the best representation because you're missing so many gaps in that communication.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it can be short to that point. Sometimes it lacks it lacks depth, and as you as you said, gaps. Another thing for me is I was in the corporate space also, and the. Majority of my corporate career, I worked for two companies. I was in the wine and spirits industry for seventeen years. I worked eight years for one company, and you know, nine for the the other company. And for me, loyalty is a big thing. And I was happy at the companies that I was with, so I didn't really need to be on Monster.com or even LinkedIn or some of those things because. I was enjoying where I was and my opportunities have, have always presented themselves to me. I didn't have to go chase it. So I felt yeah. like when it was time for me to move or when it was time for the next thing to happen, it was just going to happen. Now, some people believe in that. Some people don't. It's easy for me to believe in it because it happened to me and it has happened repeatedly. I'm not telling everybody their life yeah. like
0: that. You know, and that's, that's an energy, you know, that's an energy, that's a mindset. It's a law of attraction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, so that, that, that was another reason I didn't need to necessarily put myself out there. Now, here's the big shift being in business for myself and trying to attract customers. Social media now is where your customers are. So, with that my cheese has moved, so I've had to move to find the cheese
0: well your your community and your team shifts. you know you think about that corporate environment, and we're taught you know the the old model, even more so is we're taught teamwork, and even in teamwork, if you dig down deeper in that, the bigger element there is that commodity, you know that connectedness in that community mm-hmm. and you know i know a lot of people now that are working in building culture in the workplace culture in our communities and we're shifting that a little bit i think you know what's going on with the world right now is going to create an even bigger seismic shift in that because we're being forced to change how we connect how we relate as a community and it's it's actually forcing the hand to function in that way a lot more
1: yeah you say a word that's you know another buzzword, but it's a word that's important to me. you talk you talked about culture and there are some culture shifts going on but the great thing about the company that I just left is they have one of the best cultures that I've been a part of in a corporate space, and that was very hard to to pull away from yes, but even with this social media era, there are just some things that And I can only speak for today, but I feel pretty good about this based on where I am in life. There are just some things that I'm not going to compromise on. And culture is one of those things. Authentic in-person communication. When given the opportunity, I'm not going to compromise on this. I've already made up my mind that when we have to no longer physical distance or whatever the new thing looks like, there's a larger sure. list of people that I'm going to see, and I'm just going to spend time with them. may not be a long amount of time, but I'm going to have a goal of seeing at least 300 people in my past, like seeing them face-to-face, taking a picture with them, and yeah. just making sure I can yeah. give them a hug and love on them if it's only for
0: five minutes. And that's the shift. It's it's valuing the person. It's seeing and recognizing the person and You know, I think as a society and, you know, social media has kind of stimulated that in a lot of ways we've moved away from. Do we take the time, A, to connect? Do we value the person, B? And how much of that is operating from a genuine caring, a genuine concern? There's a disconnect there. And especially, you know, from a business perspective, so often we're driving from the ego, you know, what am I doing for me versus, you know? How can I help you? And that that's a subtle shift. You know, it's a subtle mindset, just like that mindset of I'm sorry. You know, there's there's automatically a connection of guilt there or a, a stopping point. You know, it's a negative flow of energy. If you flip that around to a positive flow, what can I do for you versus I need this from you? It, it's, a, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. So, you know, you hit
1: on a couple of things. I was recently... I've been podcasting for 18 months and I fought a little bit of the imposter syndrome because yeah. I was just a host. <laughs> uh, it was easy for me. I interviewed guests, asked questions and they do kind of the work. Obviously, you know, being a host that there's preparation and all of that, that goes into it. You don't just show up. But yeah. <laughs> I've recently been listening to Eric Thomas and man, I'm the type of individual, Uh it's easy to get me fired up and easy to get me motivated. So I can't listen to him yes. for an extended amount of time because I can't be still. Like I'm ready to go run some laps, do some pushups, run through the wall or something. So I can only handle him in doses. But he made the statement that, uh, you know, what are you doing it for? Because if you're doing it for money, you're never going to beat me. Because, because you're chasing money and he's doing it's it for competition, the competition. Yeah. You're competing for money, you're competing for space. Yeah, but he's, he does what he does for the love of it and for people. And that's my thing. Like I do what I do for everybody else. So if I fail, I'm not only failing myself. It's easy to give up on yourself. But you talked yeah. about teamwork earlier. Yeah. And I was fortunate to have a sports background. It's difficult to look your teammate in the eye and have him think you gave up on him. It's difficult to look your, <laughs> your, your coaches or your family, your, you know, your brother, your sister, your parents. It's difficult to look them in the eye knowing you gave up. So if you're just competing for money for selfish means,
0: you're never going yeah. to beat me. You know, money, money is the wheels. It's not the driver. Money is that necessity there. You know, it takes money to make money mentality. But it can't be the destination. You know, if your destination is the money, then you're losing a part of that equation. I don't want to keep name dropping, but I've just heard some some good
1: things from some famous people. Mark Jackson.
0: Well, you know, when when you hear a good word, you share a good word. Those those connections are creating the web of where does a person connect and where did you come from you know where is is your history that connects me with the future yeah. the name drop away <laughs> yeah, yeah so mark
1: jackson said the commentator mark jackson former nba player head coach mark jackson said he did, he doesn't want people that fall in love with with the end you know the money the cars the fame he wants people that fall in love with the process that that fall in love with that journey yeah and for yeah. me you know just the you know, some people call it hustle, some people call it grind, but it's the work at the end of the day. For me, that that's really what I enjoy, you know, being out there pounding that rock, that process, taking something or or taking nothing and molding it and turning, turning it into something, being at 205 pounds and dropping to, you know, 178 and things like that. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's the type of challenge that, that motivates me and drives me.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's that act of becoming, you know, who you are is determined by where you've been, how you get there, and how you've arrived, you know, and, and it's that journey, like you said, that, that creates that process. Once you get to the end of something, you're done, you know, and if you're done, then you're not growing, you're not pushing forward, right? And I haven't read Michelle Obama's book, but I just thought the title was just so... It was brilliant. I haven't either. It's been floating around our our personal library here at home you know, I've heard lots of praise for it, but I haven't. And that's one I think, you know, that's a signal to dig into that and, and look at But just the title, bit. to your point, be, be, Becoming, yeah. that's beautiful. You no, know, that's an act. That's an act in a process. Becoming is not an end, yeah. it's a beginning. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> See, it's just about evolving and letting this go where it goes, you know. I, I kind of liked today that, you know, I didn't have as much of a preset agenda because of, you know, that not knowing you and I can get to know you more this way. And how do we get to know each other by interacting? You know, we, we can only be fed so much and then it becomes an assumption. Absolutely. I mean, in
1: in, in exchange, <laughs> exactly what we're doing, you know, talking about yes. ideas and thought processes and, and all of that.
0: Well, that that whole concept of exchange—it gets lost in the mix so much. That there is an exchange, you know. You're exchanging X for Y, and you know, it's it's a mu- mutual process and a mutual mutual beneficial outcome. <laughs> so, how long have you been podcasting, if I may? <laughs> <laughs> I am into my my second month of podcasting. And what made what made second you want to s- start
1: this journey or take this leap?
0: I will tell you it was completely by accident that I stumbled in, you know, to having this be a big vision. Um, you know, I started off shifting into a building a coaching practice and looking at the angle again, you know, how do you connect best with people? How do you help people evolve and grow? And I can only go so far, you know, the, the more I can connect people with answers and solutions, the better I am to serve them and it was taking that concept of I can tell someone or I can guide someone to the way show them the light you know and that became the whole process of everything was I am not the only answer I am not the solution I am just the can do it that opens up that energy that helps you find that that helps you achieve that so in building that out you know I was realizing that I can only tell my experience. If I can share the experience of others, I exponentially grow people. Going back and name dropping, Grant Cordon, that that 10X principle that I'm taking my impact on the world and exponentially growing it by mm-hmm. 10. So if I tell somebody, that's only one angle, one view of the story. But if I have you know 10 people, we've grown 10 times. If I'm sharing the experience of 100 people, we're growing 100 times. You know, it just, it it keeps going and going and going up, you know? And so you're you're taking that model of what I have to offer is one step, but somebody else's story is another step. So that that was the guiding principle. What's the best way to do that? Bring other people into the Mm -hmm. conversation. It's just like working in that teamwork mode. One person only gets one aspect of the team done one aspect of that only pushes you toward one one element of that goal and the more the team interacts the closer we get to that goal you know there's a
1: there's a gentleman and when he hears this he he's going to love it but <laughs> guy that I call St. Pablo as a means to support and enhance relationships and you guys are very similar where connecting people is a big part of your mission. It's a big part of your purpose. I'm definitely going to connect you two guys. So he's going to be, he's going to be ecstatic. He actually, um, he's the reason that I've been doing lives on Facebook, not even having social media for 30 days yet, but I knew it was going to challenge me to go uh, outside of my comfort zone and definitely grow. But I, Called him, I think, after the third day, and just told him how, how, how much of forward thinking I thought it was, and how much it was going to do for me over the thirty day journey. I, I, yeah, I had already began to feel the impact in three days. So, when he hears about this conversation and you two guys connecting, he's just going to be floored. And for him, like that's worth a bar of gold. Like that, that is his. That is that's his that's his currency right there connecting people is his currency, man, so he's getting paid right now, unbeknownst to him,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's those little gold nuggets
1: <laughs> yeah what what kind of value are you leaving i mean are you are you leaving things that somebody else can just you know grab and flounder and waste, or are you leaving something that's sustainable and will be you know, around, you know, it's evergreen, it's priceless, it's, it's classic.
0: Yeah. Oh, and we move by that from goal achievers, goal reachers to legacy builders. You know, and I feel like there's a greater currency in leaving that legacy. You know, what did I do here that's going to remain? You know, you can reach for all the goals you want and you come to an end of your line in this life where your goals Stop. What do I create that continues on? And that's powerful. That's powerful. Yes, evergreen. And yeah, there's another buzzword, but it, it's, it's here and it, it keeps growing. Um, you know, circling that back around to social media, it's, you know, when you sign off, what remains? You know, what value is left behind? And that, you know, should guide us. To a large degree in our lives, you know, when I connect with somebody, what effect happens? You know, when I engage with somebody, what legacy is behind? Yeah. So what do you hope to get out of your podcast, Jeffrey? Sharing love and light, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing love and light. That's all I would aspire, leaving a legacy, you know, leaving all of those Tiny points of light for, you know, lack of reaching back way, way in the lexicon of buzzwords, leaving tiny points of light. When somebody needs to turn that light on, they find the switch, you know. And how has it been for you so far? Fantastic. It's been, you know, a wonderful journey. I'm finding that, you know, I'm not guiding it. I'm not guiding it. It's it's growing. It's it's working on its own. It is taking on its own light And that to me is, is the greatest aspiration because, you know, I'm letting go of the intention or my desire and will for it. It, it has its own will. Um, you know, I'm finding one conversation seizes into the next. Uh, you know, what I discussed with one person suddenly spontaneously generates into another conversation somewhere else. And that, that's the whole beauty. It's creating that roadmap and that journey where I'm hoping, you know, that journey of discovery is happening in myself. That journey of discovery happens to a listener no, I, I want it to be like a chapter of books. You know, you pick up a book, and sometimes you can pick up a good book and find one highlight. You highlight that that, is like, well, that was the whole point of picking that
1: book out. A- absolutely. So it, it has to be freeing because it sounds like all you have to do is make sure you show up and cons- consistently show up.
0: What I want is that whole series of books or multiple books. You know, where the chapters just unfold, the journey unfolds, and it's not about my will or doing. It's about where. Each person connects with it and where it comes like Yeah. And just show up. Just show up. You know, and it's, I'm the conductor. You know, I'm the conductor. All I do is turn on the switch and wave the little magic wand and the rest comes to life. You know, and that's, that's a good illustration of how to be successful in life. You know, so often we fight, we struggle and we create our own struggle. You know how much of our struggle are we creating ourselves? you know how much expectation you know it, it, it's good to have a goal, it's good to have a vision, but how much of that then becomes trying to manipulate massage? yeah I mean when
1: <laughs> I feel like when there are selfish motives, and I can speak to this because I've had selfish motives before that's that's when we get in trouble that's when we have the the least amount of success, but when we're just showing up and doing our job, a la Bill Belichick, when we're just showing up and doing our job,
0: then success has a tendency to creep in. Sure. No, and there again, it's, it's just showing up as your authentic self. You know what, what is your purpose here? And trying to engage that and let that flow through you. Yeah, you can look at that from a number of angles. You can create success to a certain level, but how much of that success comes into its own being? You know, and that's that's kind of a disconnected part of us because we all feel like we can control and push and just simply will things into effect. You know, that's not for saying you don't look at things from a defeatist standpoint and say, well, you know, this is beyond me. Sometimes what's beyond you is pushing you to where you need to go. For sure. For sure. Right. Two of my favorite words,
1: and I've been repeating this on podcast after podcast, so people that follow me, they've heard all of this. They're just t- tuning off for a couple of seconds, but this is a new audience. But two of my favorite words, attitude and effort. And I was fortunate enough to coach a PB football team. I think it was like 10 years ago. I coached uh, for five, six consecutive years. And our goal wasn't to win football games. Our goal was to be number one in attitude and number one in effort. And I felt like if we did that, we would be able to win a lot of football games. But there are going to be some things that happen during the game that we can't control. But we can control our attitude and we can control our effort. And at the end of that game, we better be number one in attitude and number one in effort Unless we're playing like, you know, the Holy Cross or somebody and they were just, you know, over the moon with theirs. And even then, you know, we we need to be a model. But, you know, it's a matter of controlling the things that you can control. And there's a good chance that you're going to be in a positive position. And I feel firmly that you will be in the position that you're supposed to be in if you do What you're supposed to do. So, attitude and effort is two of my favorite words because, (laughs) you know, we have 100% autonomy over those two things.
0: No, there's a great model in that, too, because you're teaching it's more about who everybody is and not so much about the competition of things. And I think that gets lost sight of a lot in sports, in life. And it falls back on that old adage that there's no I in team, you know? It has to be that group effort and building each other up. That's, that's where your teams thrive. That's where if you look at championship level teams, gold medal athletes, the, the end goal is not so much about the individual achievement as it is about building that process of building things up. Yeah, it's if we do this, 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 and this,
1: we're going to have a pretty darn good chance to win. But if we don't do this, then we're leaving it up to, to, to fate. And there's a good chance somebody else may do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where's the greatest success in that? You know, is the success in arriving at the end result or is the success ultimately looking at the fulfillment of that journey, of that process? And, you know, tearing that down a little further or deconstructing that, reverse engineering that, becomes it was more about how we pushed each other to grow. we created this effect where we all moved into a new space together. Yeah. And so,
1: you know, where's the success in that for me, the success in that is doing your best, putting your best out there, putting your best effort out there and whatever the end is, I'm okay with it. If I can look in the mirror, if we can look in the mirror and say, look, this was our best. I'm happy. Because you can't do any better than your best, so anytime your best isn't good enough, you may not be doing the right thing. But my best is all I can give, and I'm happy with my best every day.
0: Yeah, and give is the key word there. You know, give is the key word. <laughs> that went down a long tangent. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I totally agree.
0: You're letting things unravel. Sometimes you know. I, as i'm saying it i can go a million different directions and that's kind of indicative of, of you know how life unfolds is sometimes you don't you don't quite arrive at the same place but you arrive and eventually it all comes full circle and you end up where you're supposed to be <laughs> so let's dive back i'm going to look a little bit and this is kind of going you know reverse engineering again um Let's look a little bit more at your corporate history and and your jobs there. Uh, What were some of your greatest lessons you learned working within the corporate realm of things?
1: Man, I think one of the greatest lessons, and people say this, but they don't, I don't think they understand it. And less people take advantage of it. But, and it's different for different industries, some industries, Move a lot faster than others, but um, it it blankets a lot of industries. But the one thing that is constant is change. With that change, um, I saw earlier in my career, I was fortunate enough to work with some pretty dynamic individuals and some individuals that could impart a lot of wisdom. But what I was seeing is, you know, Everybody has their own journey. You know, people are ambitious. They're trying to get promoted. They're trying to make things better for their families and, uh, team dynamics change in corporate America for the most part. And there was one time that I was working for someone that was on the fast track and I regretted not spending more time with them talking about business and talking about life and talking about things that can move the needle, not just from a corporate standpoint, but from a personal standpoint also. Because sports, personal business, the way you approach it is going to be, the way you approach it is going to be the same in all of those, and it's going to have similar impacts. But after uh, that gentleman left, I just vowed to have, not necessarily better relationships with my line managers, but more communication and me picking their brain more and me engaging them more so as to not leave food on the table, so to speak. So for me, you know, one of the biggest takeaways is change is always constant. And I, I I just found myself desiring to take more advantage of those relationships given the uh the time that we had
0: you know, love that concept of leaving food on the table like you're you're uh, you. leaving something behind uh you know that's that's all those experiences are food to feed and nourish us you know to, uh, to help our our bodies and our souls and our spirits to grow uh, our brains to grow uh, i just i love that concept Absolutely. i think you know, that's that's my concept of the day today that's kind of like the highlight uh, don't leave food on the table don't Don't leave you know valuable resources
1: behind. There are too many people out here that are hungry that don't have food, and we're
0: out here leaving food on the table. Yes, that's, that's a good thought to look at. Uh, you know, like I said, that's going to lead me down another path somewhere down the road. I can see it now. <laughs> Thank you for that. that that's just you know, it's a fantastic concept is you know, don't leave food on the table. If you've got you know, sure. an opportunity, grab that. And grow from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially now, you know, you know, it's a time of great change. It's a time where there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of people are looking for the way. You know, and you know, to take care of those opportunities, nourish those opportunities, and count those blessings. So, yeah, it's, that's my thought of the day is don't leave food on the table. So we've looked at a number of angles of you know discovering your journey or finding your path. Um, You've got a book coming up, correct? Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, it's interesting. You talk about finding your
1: journey and finding your path. The name of the book is Finding Your Voice. And the last three years of my corporate career, I spent it in learning and development. And the number one requested training was presentation skills training. And as some of us know, presentation skills in a lot of polls gets ranked as the number two fear in the world. And as I said, it was the number one requested training, but it's hard to do in-person training with everyone that needs to get trained on presentation skills. So we didn't train as much as I felt we should have, but we just didn't train it. So at that point, I decided, you know what? If everybody's requesting it, why don't I write a book about it? I wanted to write a book anyway. And it seemed like... (laughs) An easy topic before you get into it. But for me, it was something to warm me up to the book writing process. And I was, a, nah, I was gonna say I was a decent presenter. I probably wasn't. I was probably a D presenter. And I may be a C plus, you know, maybe a B minus today. That's probably a stretch. But through the journey of becoming a better presenter, I was truly able to find my voice. So prior to taking some of these classes and incorporating some of these lessons and really getting in the trenches and finding out things on my own, I was a person that would be in a team meeting and things would get said and I would have my thoughts and opinions, but I would be too nervous or anxiety would stop me from speaking up. If we were at a, Conference and you know, there was a Q and A session. I would have thoughts, but I would never say anything. And you know, I would be the person in meetings that I would have an idea. And if you have the idea, oftentimes somebody else does somebody else would eventually ask the question or, or, or speak up with the idea and they would get credit for it. Not that I, well, I, I say not that I cared, not that I care today, but I probably did care back then. Nonetheless, as I became a better, more confident, more comfortable presenter, when I was in those situations, it allowed me to tap into some of those presentation skills and speak up and speak out. What I realized is for a large part of my career, I was having a lot be dictated to me because I didn't have what it took to speak up. So for me, finding your voice, it's about a journey of becoming a better presenter and how it allowed me to grab some of my life back because I would speak up in defense of things that I didn't believe in. And I would put ideas out there that I I felt would make us and or the team better.
0: Yeah, let's look at that. You've mentioned a couple things that really stick out to me. A, we all kind of fight this fear of putting ourselves out there, of being vulnerable. You know, we're looking at that level of expectation and are others going to judge me? Let's look at that a little bit. And then, you know, B, coming back around to that imposter syndrome of feeling like, I'm not good enough, and I'm not going to live up to something. You know how much of that drives you in looking at this book? How much of that comes to life? Uh, Man, the the imposter piece—that's
1: a whole another book that hits home a little bit with me. There, um, yeah. the ministry that I'm a part of—we have a new youth leader, and he came in, and you know he wanted to meet with everybody, and um, you know he was trying to get background and. Find out everyone's role and you know what they kind of did before he got there. I'm an A-type personality, 17 plus year uh, sales career. So you don't you don't have a successful sales career if you can't talk, if you don't communicate, if you don't have some level of aggression. So he and I we sat down and I said, you know, I'm kind of like the water boy. Um, You know, I'm available if you need me. I can. Patchy in here. If this person needs backup, or I can do this, or I can do that, and it's not that that wasn't true. I do have that 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 water boy spirit and that water boy mentality. But what I wasn't saying is that not only am I the water boy, I'm the quarterback also. But by not saying I was the quarterback, I only had expectations to the level of a quote unquote water boy. They didn't expect me to move the team up and down the field, all they expected me to do was when the team comes off and they need to be hydrated, I'm the person that can do that. And oh, if I need to run back to the locker room and grab some tape, I can do some of these jobs, but I can't get out there and put my blood, sweat, and tears out on the line and take the whole team to, uh, to success. So after about a week or two, I heard a song from a, from a young lady Casey J, and she talked about putting a song on her album. And she said, You know, I went back and forth on this song, and I couldn't ask you guys to do something that I wasn't willing to do. And she said, You know, over the last couple of years, I've been self deprecating. Um, you know, people would say, You're great. And I would say, Oh, no, uh, you know, that's not me. And they would say all these great things. And, you know, I would, quote unquote, try to be humble and say, that's not me. But really what she's, what, what she was saying was God had put her in a certain place and she was kind of suppressing the greatness that he had put in her. And for me to a certain degree, I was suppressing that greatness also, but in suppressing that greatness, furthermore, I was letting my teammates down because if I should be out there playing quarterback, and they don't have someone to play quarterback to the level that I'm playing it at. I'm letting them down because I don't want them to have a certain amount of expectations. So, fortunately, a couple of weeks later, I went back to him and I said, "Hey, man, I want to have this conversation." Um, you know, I felt convicted by this, but listen, I am the water boy. I, I I I was truthful in saying that, but I withheld. Some truth also not only am I the water boy. I'm the starting quarterback also and you can rely on me to make these plays and I would love to, to sit here and tell you that I'm all the way on the other side of that, but you know e- even today I don't put out sometimes I hesitate to put out grandiose expectations because if I fail, you know, I didn't have that 10x Expectation, so that's kind of how this imposter syndrome has come to life in my life just very recently.
0: Yeah, you know, you're looking at that level of expectation, and I'm going to look at a couple things here from from that conversation. Um, How much of that expectation do we place on ourselves, and how much of that expectation is placed by others? I'm going to I'm going to leave that there Mm. for a second. Um, You mentioned personality. You know, I'm a type A personality. And there, there's a lot of duality in that, you know. We can define a little bit who we are for direction, but I've got a great guest coming up next month that's releasing a new book in June. But uh, this gentleman is only on the TED Talk circuit. He has a PhD, and he's got a new second book coming out called Personality Isn't Permanent. And it's looking at that idea of picking our personalities apart and how that creates a block. You know, it's great to kind of have an understanding of it. And this is me kind of working on that paradigm of looking at that, you know, that angle. Um, You know, we see a lot of things in in corporate world where your personality A, your personality B, you know, this personality, that personality, and it becomes a way to categorize and, again, place labels on people, which can tend to be a limitation. Mm-hmm. So how do we move past that limitation? And I'm, I'm you know, getting a copy of this book coming in any day now. You know, it's in advance, and I'm looking forward to digging into this concept because I was a big proponent in my mind of, yeah, understanding where the personality lies, but then also looking at that angle in the corporate world where that becomes a limitation sometimes too. You, know, you go for the job interview or you fill out the application, whatever, and they have you do the personality mm-hmm. test. That's only one surface level. That's only one label. And this book is just really, to me, I'm so excited to see this because I see new doors opening. Because I've always struggled with that, that to a certain degree, you can define things by that, but it doesn't give you the full picture. It doesn't give you the full picture. You know, you don't see the person for who they are. It's much like hiding behind that veil in social media. You only see part of the story. And until you sit down and connect with somebody in that regard, you know, I, I, I've got this whole thing about hiring in general, you know, a lot of the things we do currently as businesses limit our potential to build the right things because we put that expectation before. it. That's a whole nother show. But I want to look at that, you know, as I move forward, th- these are the conversations I'm wanting to have with people. How do we evolve and change that? So we'll leave that on the table now. Another thing you mentioned, and this is kind of taking another lead in a conversation here, was working with faith. Um, Finding your voice in ministry is all about delivering the message. And to me, it's wonderful studying ministers, pastors, anybody that is delivering a message of faith, no matter what your religion, they excel because they let go of the ego. They let go of the fear and it's all about the voice. It's all about the message and delivering the message. Yeah. And I I think there's so much to be learned from that. You know, I was 25 years old
1: and I remember, um, wasn't necessarily living the life that I wanted to live. And I was dating around, but I had never opened myself up. Uh, I was never vulnerable. You talked about vulnerability and, the way I feel nowadays is there are all of these emotions that have been put on earth and I was limiting myself in feeling these emotions. So I felt I was limiting my greatness and I just got to the point where I said, if I'm dating or if I'm in a relationship and I get hurt, so what? That hurt is going to transfer into something positive on the other end. So I started getting to a space where I was going to be 100% exposed and, and, and be all in. And I, I tell that story because there's a phrase that I live by now. And you know, you're talking about how do we move past some of the personality limitations. There's a phrase that I live by now and it's called be where your feet are. And being where your feet are, is just about being present And being in the moment and being who you are and feeling what you're feeling and embracing everything that is going on and just, just being present and soaking everything up. If I'm at work, I'm not concerned with what's going on at home. I'm going to be where my feet are. If I'm at home, I'm not concerned with what's going on at work. If I'm having this conversation with, with Jeffrey, I'm not concerned about the next conversation that I have to have or the last conversation that I had. I'm choosing to be present all the emotions and everything that's going on and I'm choosing to be where my feet are. The last point that I'll make just to address how we move past the the labels and the personality types and different things of that nature. I was fortunate enough to go through a class called situational leadership and what situational leadership exposed to me is that there are certain things that we are quote-unquote labeled, and a lot of times we get labeled because of how we respond in certain situations. So we say somebody is a, is a quote-unquote, let's, let's say, let me pick a different term. Let's say somebody is, is soft. <laughs> That's probably not a good term, but they're soft in certain situations. It may not be, you know, who they necessarily are. So, situation leadership is about, it's a management skill and we should manage based on the situation, not based on the individual because individuals act differently in different situations. So, for me, opposed to labeling somebody X, yeah, I know this person is X in this situation, but that's not who they are. You can't really label somebody as as being anything because you're different in different situations. So that that helped me immensely because we have to judge a situation. I love a lot of boxers because most boxers, when they get in that ring, they're animals. But when the fight is over, they're hugging their opponent. They're they're good sports. They're soft-spoken. You know, they have families and all of that. They're human, just like us. But when they get in that square, there's somebody totally different. And that's just who they are in that situation. Talk to me, Jeffrey.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, I like that boxing equation. You know, if we, we look at boxers as tough. And you looked at the angle of softness, you know, being vulnerable, Water is soft. Water flows. Water creates movement unless it freezes. Correct? So there's an angle. And then you look at that angle of the boxer, you know. You know you, to be a good boxer is not about being on the defensive. It's about enduring and finding the opportunity. Would you agree? I'll, I'll go there. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you're, you're looking for the opportunity that's going to propel you forward to the win, you know. And it's not so much about the sheer force of it, it you know. There's a skill there. There's a bouncing and a flow. There's an opportunity, and in that opportunity, it's not in the aggression. It's in the strategy. It's sitting back and finding that space that I may be vulnerable. I may sit back and get you know the jab. I may get the gut punch. Yeah, you you you've got to take that risk and. It's a risk to be vulnerable. But you're making yourself vulnerable to find the opportunity to push forward. Yeah, I'm finding that footwork, you know? I'm dancing with your idea here. (laughs) We know good footwork, you know, creates good boxer, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You you,
1: you brought up uh, the water analogy and I just got to touch on something because I was speaking with a good friend of mine yesterday and he gave me one of the best ones. I don't know who came up with this quote, but I have to find it. But it basically says the same water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It boils the egg. Yeah. So you start with a potato, something that's hard. You put it in water. It gets soft. You start with an egg, something that's fragile. You put it in water. It gets hard. The same water that softens the potato boils the egg. Now, generally... I would let that breathe so everybody can come up with their own prognosis on that. But for me, what it means is it's about what you're made of. So based on what you're made of is going to dictate that end result. Whatever that potato was made of made it soft when that water came, when that adversity came, when those challenges came, when the hardship came. Whatever that egg was made of when the adversity came, when the struggle came, when the hardships came, what it was made of made it hard. The same water that softens the pet-
0: potato boils the egg. It's about what you're made of. Yeah, and, it's, and I'm a chef. I will always be a chef. I've, I've kind of changed my path, but I can look at that at a, another level. The end result is all in the intention also, you know, it's. The potato may become soft, but what is the recipe? Where am I going? What is the end result that I'm looking for? You know, and sometimes even with boiling an egg, there are different degrees of boiling an egg. You know, there's a soft boil. There's a hard boil. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not even sometimes about the end result, but looking at the process and letting things become where they become. So you can pick that apart, too. I mean, we're not going to do that today. We'll leave that for another conversation. <laughs> I, I, that could become a whole nother level. I want to look back to, um, you know, I didn't want to interrupt you because you had a good flow going. Look at that level of vulnerability. I've been kind of picking that concept apart too. I'm, I'm a picker of things. I like to look at angles. I like to see things from different views. And I'm looking at this aspect of vulnerability. And the fear of, you know, we we operate from fear. Fear is the greatest limiter in life. Fear is a necessity. You know, we have to acknowledge things that, that can potentially be devastating to us. We have to acknowledge them. The trouble becomes when we're limited by it or when we create a limit because of it. But looking at that vulnerability, I'm looking at this new concept and, you know, maybe creating a new buzzword. It may be something. Sometimes I pull things out of the atmosphere. (laughs) I don't know where they come from. I've heard it or it's just, you know, spontaneously produces this idea or theory of the wounded bird. You know, so often in life, we're a wounded bird and we act from that space of being a wounded bird. We're limiting our ability to fly. And this is something just this week that I'm, I'm, you know, looking at all the different angles of that. I'm going to explore the wounded bird syndrome. I'm going to coin the wounded bird syndrome if it doesn't exist. What ways in life are we limiting ourselves to fly? You know, we're not finding our wings. And we operate from that wounded bird syndrome just like we operate from the imposter syndrome, they may, they may coincide. It's, it's a concept I'm going to unravel. You know, just let go and fly. Let go and fly. You know, the mama bird kicks you out of the nest. What do you do? You fly or you fail. Failure is not always a bad thing. Failure can often push us forward. Yeah. But if you don't get out of the nest, you don't fly. And there's, there's so many ways we, we do that in life. I'm looking back and making these connections. You know, there are... Uh
1: a decent amount of individuals that I, that I mentor and some of the athletes that I mentor, you know, when we talk about workouts and different things, you know, uh, and a lot of physical workouts and running or, you know, even working out in the gym, we're given a certain mandate. Hey, we're going to run three miles today. And sometimes the reaction is, you know, a negative dejected reaction. Oh, that's, that's going to be tough. And I challenge them to shift their mindset and also shift their body language. Because if I've got to run three miles and I look at it as being miserable, the whole three miles is going to be painful. But if I shift my thinking and shift my mindset and the coach says, hey, we've got three miles. And I'm like, all right, let's let's get it. Let's knock it out. The experience running those three miles is going to be totally different. So there has to be a shift in mindset and how we look at things, and it will shift our experience. Even even the climate that we're in right now, you know, the the what we're facing, how are we going to address it? And I'm not trying to uh ignore what's going on. There are some people that are really facing some things. But one thing in life, there are gonna be a lot of things that we cannot control. Our mindset is one of those things that we can't
0: control. Now finding that belief in just flying is that wounded bird syndrome, I'm afraid to fly. Plain and simple. What am I doing to to tie my wings and I'm afraid to fly? Look at that with me. Think on that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, I'm going to name drop here again. There's a gentleman out there by the name of Todd Herman, uh, the alter ego effect. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, he is a, a great mentor and coach to a lot of elite top level athletes. He's been a mentor and coach to heads of state. And now, you know, just a mentoring coach in general and author in general, his book, alter ego effect, you know, it talks about creating that self or that Identity that ego that rises above that that pushes yourself to that excellence. Uh, you know, it, it's creating that mind shift. I'm not going to go too far down that right now, but the whole premise is creating that you and that self that reaches for that mindset that pushes you to that <laughs> next level. Yeah, no, that's that's good, and I I, I want to say this
1: also because we've we've shared a lot of things that have been instrumental in our lives and things that work for us. And I often have to say, there's a lot of consumption going on and a lot of good information going in, but it's not always resulting in activity coming out. So I don't want people to get paralyzed with information and it result in inactivity. Get the things that are gonna work (laughs) for you and execute. What we're talking about today Are things that have worked for us, things that are impactful to us, things that we have seen fruit from and results in our own lives. Chew up the meat, spit out the bones. Like find out what works for you and get busy. Get moving. Like don't, we're mentioning a lot of quotes and all of that because they've been impactful for us. But don't get caught up in all these quotes and putting more quotes in your notebook. If you have quotes that you, that you love and live by, get busy on those. And if these work for you are impactful, hey, incorporate these also. But the biggest thing is just, you know, get busy, move on something. Don't be paralyzed by information.
0: It's like going to that intellectual grocery store, find the fruit that's going to nourish you and don't leave anything on the table. <laughs> Brother, that's our talk for the day. That's our talk for the day. I feel like that's a whole show right there. You know, that uh, this has been good. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I
1: appreciate your time. I appreciate the platform. Thank you for doing this.
0: I appreciate you too, Tavares. Uh, you know, this has just been such a learning and growing experience. You're, you're such a great man of energy, great man of, of positivity. I just I'm humbled to be here with you, and I truly thank you. This has truly been a blessing. I wish you well, man. Uh, where can we find your book? This fall? Yeah, so
1: I'm working with a publisher right now. It's going to be on Amazon. I don't know if we're going to do hard copies and in, in Barnes and Nobles and all of that, but a lot of shopping right now is 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 online. I know for a fact it's going to be on Amazon and some other places. Amazon is the monster right now. The book is called Finding Your Voice. You can find me on Facebook at Tavares Hogan's. You can find me at True7Life on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn
0: at Tavares Hogan's. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I I truly appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Absolutely,
1: man. I appreciate you too. And I'm looking forward to doing it again.
0: Each of us is working to become the best version of ourselves. Our attitude and efforts become the momentum which guide and determine our ultimate success. By examining our day-to-day interactions, we discover new opportunities. Our impact on the world grows exponentially. And... We find our voice and confidence when we move past anxiety, trusting the strength and value of our ideas and experiences. Success is found in life when we find the fruit that nourishes us and we don't leave any food on the table.